Welcome to the Inside Edge. Bob McKelly and Jody Shelley here with you, and what a good day it is. It comes after the Blue Jackets' first win of the season. Uh, they took on the Vancouver Canucks last night. Uh, the Canucks did what the Canucks have done all year long. They built a two-goal lead and let it get away. They've done that in four straight games. But the Blue Jackets were the beneficiaries of it last night. But, Jody, it didn't come from Vancouver handing it to them. It came from the Blue Jackets finally starting to outwork the Canucks, and then it paid off with the overtime victory. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And, and driving home last night, I was thinking about that, you know, and in game, I was watching that clock tick, and it was awfully slow if you were a Canuck or a Canuck fan because, you know, they were up to nothing early, and then five minutes, five minutes into the second period, you feel like, oh, it's only five minutes in for the Canucks, you know, and, and that's when the Blue Jackets started turning things on. And it was very similar to the St. Louis Blues game where the Blue Jackets came out and said, okay, we're gonna we got to change something here, and I thought there were some great efforts, some some kind of. They willed their way back to the game, and how important is that? Because I sensed belief, I think you did too, in that in that uh, St. Louis game, after the Tampa game, belief in themselves. And that that's a big step, right? It's like you go through camp, you, you go through new systems, you're excited about everything, everything's great, right, after camp ends. And then you start with bang, bang, and you're down, the next thing you're down three games to none. But there's you have to have results to believe in what you're doing, and I thought they did and fed off that coming into this game. Now, the first period was not very good by the Columbus Blue Jackets, but there was a concerted effort by the Vancouver Canucks to jump, and they did. They, You know, you could tell that there was a lot of purpose to their game, but I just love how the Blue Jackets didn't just come out and keep doing the same and hope to get a different result. They changed things. They got physical. Uh, there were some moments which, which got the fans in. Like, for a fan last night, boy, you were entertained. And it was right to the end. And so good on them to get that victory. It, it's a much better feel to this uh, environment with the, around the team today when we were at practice. And, and, and that's what they need. Now it sets up for a, a better week. And you've been around long enough to understand that, or I guess we both have, to understand just even that, that victory, how they got it done, coming from behind, in, at home, Goodrow scoring, and then an overtime winner. It just builds so much, and it's 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 a big package to to have land in in your corner. Talk about the physical play. Uh, Matthew Olivier was involved in a fight last night, his first regular season fight as a Blue Jacket. We're going to talk to him about that in just a little bit. But also Nick Blankenberg. When you talk about it being exciting for a fan, this guy again goes out there. You know, it's funny. He came in at the end of last year from Michigan, and it's always fun to root for the underdog. Right? Here's a small guy coming out of college as an undrafted free agent, gets to play in the NHL, plays a couple of good games, scores his first NHL goal. Uh, then the summer comes, and you go out and you draft a bunch of defensemen, and you come into camp, and this guy doesn't know where he is, and it winds up that he's seventh on a list of six. But, man, when you talk about getting a chance to get into the game and making the most of it and making it fun for a fan to watch when this guy throws himself like a torpedo at a couple of Vancouver Canucks <laughs> and knocks them to the ice and – just jumps up on the rush and scoring chances. I don't know if you could draw it up any better than that. I was thinking, you know, if I'm like if I'm talking to my son about how you take an advantage of opportunity given to you in the world of sports, watch this guy because he grabbed it last night with both hands. Yeah, and you know, we were talking about him on the broadcast so much and for good reason. And and I go back to Brad Larson's comments yesterday why he was in the lineup and it's cuz you notice him. And the mentality of this kid and, and the way he's 
approached training camp, and you're right, it was kind of like he was forgotten for the first part of camp, and then he's hanging around, and then he's he does make the team, and you you know you're kind of wondering, okay, you got you're looking for some size on on D, and you're looking for some defenders, and then you pull out Boquist, who you know you want to be on that top pair, but not bringing the element that they're lacking. So when Blankenberg gets in, you wonder, okay, how is this going to go? And he gets nailed his first shift by Pod Colson. Pod Colson, and, and you know he shakes that off, and he took his number. He laid a big hit uh, on Joshua. And then in the second period, he paid back on Pud Colson. He lined him up. And what I love about his game, and I think what the coaches love, is there is zero hesitation. If he makes a decision, if whether it's to make a pass, shoot the puck, or jump up on a play or hit someone, he does it at 100%. And that's – you have to be confident in – your ability and yourself to do that because there's so many things that you think about as a player learning a new system and he wasn't perfect in the system last night there was a goal against where he was out of position a little bit and that's fine that's going to happen but and you can it's almost like Boone Jenner you can take that because the effort that's there always and Brad Larson was right you're going to notice him in every single shift you noticed him whether it was up in the play and we talked about it uh, earlier today him and Wierenski were leading the charge at points, trying to do offensive zone goal line passes. And, and that's an ability and a skill where you just let yourself go. And it's the best way to, to, to play any sport is to play free. And he played free last night. You think about it. Couldn't get in the lineup, watched the first three games, did all the skating, did all the work. You get in, you think you'd be nervous or make plays or, or not make plays because you don't want to do the wrong thing. It doesn't seem like it's in his DNA, so... Good on the Blue Jackets. They needed a spark. And who would have thought that uh, a rookie undersized defenseman would have came in and had that kind of impact on the outcome of a game, but he sure did. And remember, he started the game on the second pair mm. with Vladislav Gavrikov, but it didn't take long before it was him and Zach Wierenski on the top pairing. And as you said, they, they meshed. They gelled. They, they played the game the same way. And when I talked to Nick after the game, he was uh, so excited that he got to play with Zach, who's another Michigan alumni, and he was, you know, that was a big deal to him because they, they look at Zach, you know, when you're playing there and you see Zach having left and go to the NHL and do what he's doing, obviously that's that's a big deal. Now he gets to play alongside of him, and he did well. But, yeah, you're right. Who would have thought that that guy would be the spark um, that they needed to get him going? And, and I don't know. <laughs> it, it is a good thing, but it – I want to say I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing because you know why does it take a guy that was out for three games to come in and do that? And Brad Larson said this after the game last night. He said a lot of guys had good games. But there's a lot of guys that still haven't found their game in that room yet. Well, there's guys that had good games, but I think there's there's still guys that need to play better. And I think those are moments where okay, you know, you're in the room, you're happy for for the result, you're happy for the players that sparked the game. But you look in the mirror, too. You come to practice today, and, and you say, no, I have to be that guy. Why Why are I, like, Why am I not that player at last night? And I thought, and this is a term that you know coaches use, is you have to drag people into the fight. Who's going to drag people in? Because, you know, you can play that perimeter and not hit and not fight and, and, and not get things going. But when you see a guy like that doing it, you almost have to – you have to follow along. It's a, it's your responsibility now to keep the momentum in the building and play that kind of way. And some guys did, but there's bigger guys that still need to do it. And, and you know, um, 
they've been here a while. They've been in the league a while, and and especially because some of the deep. Branson's a big player who can move. Uh, you know, he, he's the guy that took a couple big hits last night to make plays, and those are good good results. But there's moments, and, and sometimes those moments, you know, you have a guy lined up and he moves the puck, so he can't get there as quick. Uh, but for Blankenberg last night, his timing was impeccable on hits. I mean, he was just all over the ice. So uh, you can't force those hits, but, you know, there is that presence that's needed. And I, I would expect more guys now to elevate and, and try to fall into that role and say, hey, this is what we want to be. And, and I think that's difficult, too, when you're, when you're trying to mesh a team together because, you know, how do we play? How do I fit within the system as to how we want to play? You want to balance – What's asked by the coaches, but you also want to balance your game within that system. So it takes a little bit of time, and I think we'll see these guys rise. One thing that it kind of brings up a question when you talk about that is there's so many of these guys that were here last year. They played under Brad Larson, and, and they had, a, for the most part, a, su- a successful season. I know they didn't make the playoffs, but they just had that hard-to-play-against mentality. And one of the questions would be, well, how come in the first couple of games they don't just click right back yeah. into that? Um, yes, there are some subtle changes. And the Patrick Line thing, it's not an excuse. It changes everything. You know, you're practicing and, and you're leading up to this is what we're going to be and you don't even get halfway through the first game and now all of a sudden, okay, this is not what we're going to be. We've got to move some things around. Um, you know, but what is that as a, as a player? What is that mentality? Why is it tough to take – almost the same group and snap it right back into place. Yeah, well, if you think of the preseason and some of the opponents that the, that the Blue Jackets played, I mean, teams were sending very thin rosters. And the competition level, the battle, the urgency, we didn't see the urgency until last night. They had to win that game. So did Vancouver. That's what made it such an entertaining game. And I don't know if these two teams have felt that yet this season. So, Sometimes maybe we look back in two months and say, you know, that 0-3 start helped them snap into their game quicker because I've been on good teams where the goaltender has bailed you out or the power play has bailed you out. And, you know, you get the victory and you feel like you got everything figured out. But really, do you have everything figured out? And I think that's what some of these moments, and, and some teams will go through it later in the season, where, you know, they've started, they'll start well, and then they'll have a dip and they'll look back and say, well, we really weren't doing it right here. Or is the Blue Jackets playing against the top end of the line of the, of the league, uh, getting... Uh, you know, paying the price and, and losing games because of mistakes that the Blue Jackets are making. Now, they haven't played a complete game. That wasn't, but there was a find-a-way-to-win mentality, and I think that that will serve them well. I feel much better about this week, and I know everyone does in Blue Jackets land because they gutted that one out on, against a very desperate team, and that's your reason why is because you can't you cannot replicate the feeling of going into last night's game and feeling bad about yourself and then having to pull together and get that victory. So, you know what it reminded me of? I mean, how many Tuesdays last year at Nationwide Arena, uh, you know, where you have the fans in here and it's it's one of those evenings where, um, you know, things don't go well, but the fans are ignited and, and it feels like, I mean, the atmosphere was incredible. And they got, and I mentioned it a moment ago, they got so entertained and the way it was capped off, it's like that was exactly what this organization needed early in the season to, to and for the new guys especially, and as well to say, hey, all right, this is what we're working for. Uh, so important victory on, on many fronts. And Johnny Gaudreau was a big contributor to that because yeah. he got that tying goal. And, you know, it's funny he, because he's out there and sometimes you'll see him get double teamed, triple teamed, and he can't get his legs moving. 
You look at that game-tying goal and just watch how quickly he's able to come down the ice, and then because of his speed, he's already dictating what's going to happen when he approaches the goalie, right? It It's in his hands. He fakes a shot. He gets the goalie. Like He couldn't have been more out of position on that and opened up the entire other side of the net for the wraparound. And uh, he's electrifying to watch. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, you give him that much time and space. And I loved on that shift, shift because, you know, he got the puck in the neutral zone, and a lot of kids and a lot of players just want to go, 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 like go 100 miles an hour and try to win that one-on-two battle. But he curls back into his own end, kind of checks to make sure he's got support, and then he uses those guys kind of almost like um, maybe I will pass it to him. And, and as a defenseman sees him, he's like, oh, he's going to pass. And, you know, that, that little hesitation, that what that's what allowed Johnny to get around the defenseman and not get pasted on the boards. And then – to do that, but also pull the goalie and freeze him. Now the goalie's all in on that shot fake and the head fake. And then he circles the net, and you're still thinking, is he going to pass this out? But there was no one there because they are all piled up on one side. And then he slides it in. And that's the value of understanding hockey and how to play the game with your teammates. Even though he didn't move the puck, everyone on the ice was waiting for anticipating that that could have been an option. Whereas if he would have just, you know, get it and go as fast as you can, well, guess what? play dies in the corner you just did them a favor so I love that intellect that he played with yeah and uh you know you were on one side of the ice I was on the other side I know he wasn't passing it when he came around behind because (laughs) there was uh, you could have driven a truck through that hole uh no doubt um and before we wrap this up let's talk about the game winner Chinikov with the pass to Gavrikov first of all the pass is incredible because he has to put it basically through two guys lands it right on the stick of Vladislav Gavrikov who did not miss. In fact, I think his biggest concern was not killing the referee when he slid into him after the play. Um, but it was it is really great. Those guys are friends. They communicate well. And boy, did they have they were zeroed in on each other all the way up the ice. Yeah, and Chinnikov's a shooter. And and you know, I was looking at that, thinking, okay, he's just he's going to shoot this puck. Gavrikov's going to go for the rebound. And you know, you go back to that whole over, overtime, and it was a three on zero that was missed. It was a sequence before that, but. Yeah, good play by Gavrikov and a nice pass by Chinnikov. So that's how the Blue Jackets get the win last night in overtime. They beat the Vancouver Canucks 4-3. to three. As we talked about earlier, it was physical play that factored into getting the Blue Jackets going. Matthew Olivier was a big part of that. We're going to talk to him next as the Inside Edge continues here on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. Bob McElligot and Jody Shelley with you. We're joined right now by Blue Jackets forward Matthew Olivier, and Matthew, before we talk about last night and your big contribution to helping the team to get the first win of the year, I want to take you back to the summertime when you were part of the Nashville Predators, and uh, all of a sudden the Columbus Blue Jackets decide that they want to flip a fourth-round pick over to Nashville and acquire your services and bring you in here. Um, if you go back to that day, what were uh, where were you? What were your thoughts when that happened? Uh, yeah, well, I was aware that a trade uh, was probably going to happen, Uh Mr. Poyle had the respect to call my agent and call myself as, and be uh, be very open about what was going on. And, uh, you know, in the hockey business, that's all you can ask for. Um, so I was aware it might have been coming probably 10 days later. Um, I was having dinner with my wife. Actually, we had the kids. Uh, we had a babysitter with the kids, just a nice, quiet evening. And me and my wife were both very uh, – very adamant that we kept our phones in, in her purse. We're not looking at her phone. And uh, at some point, I I don't know, I had a weird feeling, and I said, I, I got to check my phone. I was like, just in case, you know. Sure enough, I missed uh, David Poyle's call by about 30 minutes. So I called him back, and 
got the news that I was coming to Columbus. Then I talked to Yarmo and and uh, I told my wife. I said, "Listen, dinner uh, dinner might uh, end a little faster than we thought, but uh, <laughs> date's was, over. Yeah, it's <laughs> over now. But uh, it was good. It was. Uh, I knew it was coming, so uh, uh, we were really excited. Now I know why you play with such discipline. If you can put your phone away and not look at it constantly, <laughs> you're a disciplined guy. Obviously. Well, I, it's important, right? Uh, especially when you go on a date with your wife, you don't get a lot of alone time with uh, kids running around the house all day. So, uh, yeah, we thought it was important to keep it away. How much did you feel like this was going to be a good fit for you right from when you found out that this was going to be the destination? Well, I thought the opportunity was really good. Um, I thought that they were really clear about their needs and what they needed. And, um, you know, I, I think I did a good job in Nashville, but we had so many guys, and I was coming off a season where I was battling injuries all year, so it wasn't great for me. Um, so it was not only an opportunity to bounce back for myself, but it was also an opportunity to bring what I what I can do to the table to a team that, uh, from what I've been told, needed it. So uh, opportunity was on a silver platter for me. So funny because, um, you know, Jody and I are from the day where there guys like you used to be a dime a dozen, right? You could always find somebody that was going to come and fight. And you say in Nashville, you had so many guys. It's like a, a bag of riches, for crying out loud, because this team very much did need uh, what you bring to the table. But it's not just the fighting aspect of the game. It is uh, the ability to play. You've got to be able to play the game today as well as fight, and you're very good at that, especially when it comes to puck possession. How much time do you spend making sure that uh, you're going to be a responsible player first so that you can do the other things you're so good at. Exactly. Now, I guess I think the fighting needs to be a plus to your toolbox. Uh doesn't need to define who you are, especially in today's game. But, um, yeah, you're, you're right. I think our, our, our whole line, I think uh, me, Robinson, and Corrali take a lot of pride of bringing this team energy. And they do a tremendous job of just, uh, you know, creating pressure on the ice. And I think I complement that really well. Uh, I think our job is really to hem teams in. And last night against Vancouver, I thought that as a line, we did that all three periods. Um, you know, even if our first as a team wasn't great, uh, we felt that we were kind of bringing that energy and what we needed to do and, and get the team back on track. Um, so you're right. You're absolutely right. Time possession in the Ozone is really important. We're going we're gonna to be that line that's going to score dirty goals and get in dirty areas and Play simple, play fast, play north. I mean, you guys hear that all the time, yeah. right? It's it's kind of a cliche now, but it really is what works for us. So, I'm wondering, Matthew, your your dad played professional hockey, and what kind of impact did he have on your role today? Well, I mean, he pretty much had the biggest impact. Um, he uh, obviously he played in a time and era where it was different, but um, I think that's just that sandpaper um just it was in the family and and it was instilled in me really early because he wasn't the same type of player as I was he was a small d-man but he had to you know create space for himself and and uh you know I I think I had the chance to watch him play I was old enough to remember and I remember just being proud of how um you know aggressive and and really uh, passionate he was about the game and I think that was instilled for me early on and then not only not only that but I learned how to be a pro early I learned all the small things you look at a guy like Cole Sillinger uh, where his dad played and mm-hmm. he's 19 he's already a pro like it's it's unbelievable well, we're guys that had that chance and it 
really does make a difference, um, for sure. You're from what part of Quebec? Quebec City. You're from Quebec City. Beautiful. The Frontenac there. You've been there. Yeah. Bob. The old city down there is gorgeous area. And uh, so what is he doing now? Is he So he's he played pro hockey at the minor league level, yep. right? And he, he grew up playing in the Quebec League too, or did he get play that far? Uh, no, he didn't. Uh, he left for Western Canada to play junior, I think junior A over there, and then he played CIS and then signed from there. Um, he had, uh, you know, our family, my, my grandparents owned a, owned a grocery store, and uh, there was a point where, it was either work for the family or go play midget AAA, and uh, he chose the family, so it kind of delayed his development a little bit from what he's been telling me, um, and uh, and then he made his way from there. So, uh, I mean, it's pretty impressive. That's uh, great. Yeah, It's always good to have that mentor like that, but especially, you know, someone that played hockey. You, you touched on that. The, the, the stuff you learn, the, the intangibles you pick up from being around around him. I want to step it into uh, last night. You know, you look at – you. I know I used to look at the lineup. So, Luke Shen, you know he'll fight, right? Yeah. And then you had um, Burroughs. Was he a tough guy? Because he got scratched last night, the defenseman. Uh, I believe he's he has fought before, yeah. Uh, he's not a guy I know a, a ton about, but uh, – I, I think so. They have a they had a few guys on their team that are are willing to do it. And yeah, what I'm wondering is if did you look, do you look at the roster and be like, oh great, there might be someone in, in this lineup tonight that can fight. Yeah, I, well, I think there's there's someone in every lineup um, pretty much now. I mean, teams that don't have anyone are pretty rare. But I mean, I I think you're aware. I mean, I fought this is the second time I fought uh, Luke Shen last night, so I knew obviously knew who he was, um, but. I don't know. You're aware of where they are, and but now I I don't think you go around saying okay I'm definitely fighting this guy or I'm fighting this guy. It's more like well, if if I play th- this type of game that's really hard and physical, and well I know that when these guys are on the ice they might do something about it. Uh, it's more in that sense where, um, you know if if you're on the ice and you're hitting guys and guys that are on the ice aren't guys that are going to do that then you know you can get away with a little yeah, stuff but that's uh, good yeah it's more in that sense now i think uh you got to handle it that way because you can't just go asking around guys fighting anymore i mean you still do it but depending on how the game goes like for example last night we definitely needed something and i think the games before we did too uh it just didn't happen um and sometimes it's you look at Blanks last night, he laid a big hit. And in St. Louis, I try to lay a big hit in front of their bench, and no one reacts. So then you move <laughs> on and you keep playing. So That's kind of a good feeling, though, because I I couldn't imagine playing and knowing that, huh, I don't have to do it tonight. I just get to play. And uh, I saw you ask Patty Maroon there uh, at ice level in the TV timeout, and he had a conversation with you, and then you hit Chernak, and he had one leg over the boards – but Coach Cooper called him back, and I'm like, oh, come on. The, the kid, you know, Olivier's trying – it's 2 nothing at home. It's opening night. You're trying to do the right thing by getting the spark in the building. Um, it just didn't work out. But, you know, I, I, I two things. I was wondering if you knew – got to be aware who's on, on the other team, obviously. But then you also have a good sense of when to do it. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's more when not to do it, right? If it's 2-2 going to the third – Maybe not time to 
try to get a fight going because there's a chance you might get an instigator. And yeah, you and might, then you're, you might, the, yeah. you're the idiot because exactly. they come back and win 5-3. You're in the box. Yeah, that's Exactly. Bad. So that's <laughs> not a good time. But I you think, see that look on his face when he said that? Like, <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. Hey, the only oh, way I, to figure that out is to do it once or twice and be like, hey, uh-oh. Yeah, I've been there too, trust me. My first few years I've made some mistakes. But uh, you, exactly, it comes with experience. I think you get a feel for it. And, uh, um you know, our start of the season, we finally get one yesterday, but it was definitely, there was definitely a ton of moments where it was something that was needed. And I think, obviously, the best spark you can bring to your team is score a goal or yeah. contribute to your goal, and you want to do that. But sometimes it just doesn't work that way, so you got to find other ways to contribute. And, um, you know, I'm, I firmly believe I'm a guy that can contribute offensively to this team. I think, like you mentioned, as a puck possession uh, line and net front and really bring those dirty goals to um, our team but some nights it's just not going to happen so what else can you do um, that's kind of the thinking behind it I was watching you guys last night up close there and you know Crowley was getting frustrated but he was also he's a guy that talks a lot right I mean he really does a good job of talking out there and I could tell you guys had purpose with every shift you guys had a plan to you know even on the defensive zone faceoffs you got to take where it's get the puck, get in the offensive zone, and spend time down there. And I feel like Sean, I don't know if he's told you this, and we've talked to him about it in Boston, he really had the the effort and, and the awareness to, to do that so that Berge, uh, Bergeron and those guys could get out after that and feed off that or get an offensive zone draw. It's so good to have that kind of focus, right? Yeah, absolutely. And me and, me and Sean talked about it in camp when we started figuring out that we might start the year together with Robbie. Uh, that was something that, you know, he did that in Boston. Now he brings that here. I did that in Nashville, and now I bring that here. Um, that was something that we really connected on, and we knew that if we were going to do that, we were going to get not only very important D-zone draws and get out of the zone quick, which we did a pretty good job last night, and unfortunately the one that didn't go our way ended up in the back of our net. You know, sometimes that's just how the game goes. Um, but... Uh, we we it, we really made it a point that we want to be in the offensive zone. And if we're not sure, just stand over it, you know, wait for the play to open up, and then we'll we'll work our way through it and then not trying to force anything. And uh, I think you look at this team, you look at all the talent that we have, and guys are going to try plays and guys are going to uh, force plays. And sometimes it's not going to work, and it's our job to really bring that momentum back to, you know, okay, we're in their zone, we're hemming them in now, let the other guys come out and do their thing. And you saw it with Johnny, and you saw it with uh, uh, the overtime goal. You <laughs> saw it the whole game pretty much when we were coming back. So, um, yeah, you're right. Me and Sean talk about it. Robbie's in it as well, and take a lot of pride in doing that. We are talking with Matthew Olivier, forward for the Blue Jackets. And uh, a couple of things. Number one, you were just talking about the, the timing of when to when to fight. Last night, the timing kind of came to you, didn't it? I mean, you got hit at just a time when you could pop up and get that thing going with Luke Shen. It was kind of like the decision was made for you yesterday. Yeah, well, uh, you don't want to pass up an opportunity, especially in that in that uh, in the situation we were in. Um, I just went kind of awkwardly in the boards. My head went in first, and I've been battling with him all shift. I think we had over a minute of. Just straight battling. I think if you look at that shift, uh, the whole thing, I, I, I got to take another look at it. But it was a long shift. I was with him in front of the net just battling it out. And then uh, I was just like, all right, like I'm, d- I'm done with this. Like, like 
in worse terms, like "f you." Let's go. That, that's <laughs> hard to do after battling like that, though. Yeah, I was I was tired. Uh, <laughs> so was he. <laughs> uh, Blankenberg was uh, chirping me about not trying to get the crowd pumped up, and I was like. I couldn't even lift my arms, man. Like, <laughs> Oh, like after a little yeah, celebration? Yeah, he wanted me to pump the crowd. Oh, I'm like, hey, come on now. This <laughs> isn't college. Yeah, first of, all, we're not, first of all, I'm not doing that. No, Second exactly. of all, I was way too tired to even try to do that. So, um, But, yeah, it was it was a tough shift, good battle. And like you said, the timing came. But the timing will show up when you do things the right way and when you play hard and when you're in people's faces and you play like a heavy game. Some guys are just going to get frustrated and, you know, that's – that's what happened. You better show Blankenberg how to fight then. I <laughs> think I saw you doing that this week. Oh, man. He's after me every practice. That's a fantastic. Little, little rascal. Uh, <laughs> we have we have a running gag going. Blanks is a little fridge. Uh, Danforth's middle fridge, and I'm big fridge. So, uh, that's how – but he's after me every day. He looks if my fight strap's on. He's always like, I'm coming after you. I'm like, <laughs> like all right, buddy. But I showed him a few things, and uh, he's – you know, he – He's just a rock on the ice, and uh, but he's he. I told him, I said the best way to learn is to get in, and, yeah. and I can show you all the things you want, but once you're in it, you'll you'll know. But uh, he's he's that de- he definitely wants to get involved. Trust me. Well, we could tell he's gonna have to. <laughs> I mean, if he's the, he's gonna have to. Yeah. Well, just last night, his shift in the first period, uh, his hit. I was on the ice, and, and I see six nine or six seven Tyler Myers. I don't know his exact height, but I see six, that eight. guy six eight, like basically a full foot. <laughs> Above yeah. him, just trying to go after him. <laughs> I went right in there as fast as I could. I said, "No, that's not going to be your first one." So, uh, well, that's very nice of you because if you wanted to do it the other way, you could say, "All right, kid, you want to learn?" Yeah. He's like that. Uh, I could, but yeah. I mean, he, he's uh, he's you know he's such a good guy and uh, he wants to do things the right way. So he's, I think he, you know, he should get a, a matchup that's maybe a little more to his size. Oh, you're going to have to be on the ice when he's out there because <laughs> it's going to be a line brawl maybe for sure. Well, he we were talking about it last night. He's uh, He was like, I'm, I don't know. I'm going to have to go at some point. Where I'm like, don't stop playing that way. <laughs> no, just, you just can't. Just keep go- playing that way. You're going to create things for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you don't have to do it. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Just be ready that someone might try you, but you don't have to do it. We got guys that can do that for you. And or we, surprise them. Yeah. I always say if it's your first one, yeah, just quickly yeah. drop them like Luke tried to do to you last night. He tried to get a jump on you. Yeah. And just throw the first one and hang on. It will be a pretty good hang on with Myers. <laughs> <laughs> throw two, go down. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. We were talking about this, though, earlier uh, in the show with Nick. Um, the fact that, you know, he, he has to sit out for three games. He gets a chance to get in the game. And – you can't see any reason why he wouldn't play in the next game. I mean, he had that much impact. And, and I was going to ask you, just as a player, as a teammate, as a guy that obviously gets along with him, you know, how impressed were you just watching him play in an actual regular season game? Uh, very. I mean, to come in and have that impact right away, it's uh, at, at his size and did what he – like crazy. To do what he did was very impressive. I don't think I've seen a, uh, a guy that – wasn't in the starting lineup come in and just do that um so far in my career uh that was really impressive now the one thing that our all of our challenges are as players is now to do it consistently night in night out which it it'll happen it won't uh but he's a guy that i can you know he's just he's just gonna go like this and you can tell like he it's not just his physical play too he played the game like he made some really good plays he had some Really good opportunities. He's 
I think he's a special player. He plays the right way. Uh, it's interesting because we talked about it earlier. The timing of those hits. I mean, we've had uh, you've had shifts too. Where you're like, I got to get a hit, but the guy moves the puck a little too early, and he has the advantage now because people aren't expecting him to do those things, right? Yeah. But if he once he gets a name, uh, keep your head up on this guy. Like two two kind of was back in the day. Like the impact was there last night with some of those hits where guys are gonna be like, okay, is this guy coming down on me? Yeah, and that's when those perfect hits aren't available. Well, if people are aware of you in that way, then you're already doing your job. They're thinking twice before making their play. They might bobble it, you know. It's just that mental game within the game that once you get that, I guess, street cred, then people know, and you can, you already have, like, some sort of advantage without even have to do, like, you don't even have to do anything. People know. So uh, those are the little things that sometimes people don't know, but when you start getting that street cred, it, you know, it helps you create space out there for yeah. sure. I want to ask you about tomorrow night because the Nashville Predators are coming to town. Yeah. And you're going to play against your old teammates. Money oh. on the board. <laughs> uh, absolutely. It's probably you already up there. For, how much are you looking forward to that? I am. Uh, I'm looking very forward to that. I mean, um, it's it's always uh, kind of a weird thing to play your teammates, but your old teammates, I should say. But, uh, you know, Nashville's a, a team that they – they work and they work and they're in your face and they hit and I'm excited to play against that kind of team because that's where I kind of developed my game. Um, so I, I kind of want to see how I stack up against a, a team like that. Um, you know, I think we it's a real challenge. I'm not going to lie to you. They're a really good team. So I'm excited to see how our team responds to that. Don't you think last night, though, and in the second period, we were talking about this earlier as well, the second period in St. Louis – you guys kind of showed yourself, and it's important for the new guys too, that, oh, oh this is how we're going to do it. This is how this game's going to unfold, or this is how this te- team has no quit. And the the reward of last night of winning and putting the music on and, and having that success, that's really uh, a big deal uh, going into the rest of the week and the rest of the season because now you're like, don't you feel as a new guy, ah, I'm starting to, I'm starting to see what this Columbus team can be and, and is like. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, it, it's it's just good to be back on the winning uh, winning train, I guess. Um, you know, it's it's you come to a new team, you're excited, and we were all super excited after camp. Camp was extremely hard, and you've heard you guys probably heard this a million times already. But to start the season the way we did after that camp was extremely disappointing for all of us, and. And we could tell, like, some of us were already getting super frustrated cause just because of the work we put in. We're like, still not, we're still not there. Uh, so last night was big. It was huge. And I think we'll see today, like, just the attitude that guys aren't going to be as tight and they're going to be looser and, you know, going to relax more before tomorrow. And I think now that the first one's done, then we can get the ball rolling. Yeah, and, and the important thing, too, is you played against a, an extremely desperate Canucks team. And it didn't go your way in the first, but you you can't manufacture that type of desperation you guys had in the second and third. You can't in the overtime. You can't do it in camp. Can't do it in the off season. You can't try to do it in game one against Carolina. Like you're still kind of figuring out your way. So to be that desperate, that urgent at home, um, there are teams that won't have that. Uh, I was telling Bob, there's teams that are winning now. Their goaltender's stealing it. Their power plays winning it. There's something in the game that's bouncing their way. 
But you guys kind of fi- are figuring out your warts early, which I think could be an advantage, a good thing. Yeah, uh, and like you said, you talked about bounces. Yesterday, their third goal uh, to make it 3-2, that was a really good bounce Yeah, uh, for them. And uh, we were just, you know, compared to the first three games, I thought that our energy on the bench was kind of flat. Um, and it's not my place to talk, not yet. You know, I'm I'm still the new guy. I'm still coming in. I'm still establishing myself, and you know how it is. Like yep. you, you just come in, you do your job, and you you let the guys that have been around like do their thing. But that was one thing that I thought that our our bench was kind of flat, and then we kind of addressed that in the first period, and Lars did as well. And w- when we came back in that second, we had a lot more energy. We had a lot more talk on the bench. We were more involved, and it showed right away on the ice. And that's just part of learning who we are as a team. Um, like you said, so those are like the little details that are going to make a big difference for our team. Uh, and it showed on the ice. And I think now guys, uh, as a team, we figured it out. And then middle fridge comes up with that big goal to get you on the board. <laughs> that was, a, that well was an un- underrated, underrated skill goal right there, right in the air, taps it in. Oh, that was oh beautiful. yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Bunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Down the line. And I'll tell you, middle fridge is, is a fridge. He's uh, yeah, we got some, we got some. Big guys on this team. Everyone's in shape. Everyone's ready to go, and it's gonna it's gonna work our way for sure. Well, Matthew, thank you very much for taking some time with us. We really do appreciate it. Great game last night, and uh, enjoy your sleep tonight as you get ready to take on your former teammates on the Nashville Predators tomorrow. Will do. Thank you. All right, that is Matthew Olivier of the Blue Jackets. Stay tuned. Jody and I will wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge right after this on ninety-seven point one, the Fan. Wrapping up this week's edition of the Inside Edge. What a great conversation with uh, Matthew Olivier. You know what I really liked about that is you talking with him, who's, you know, today's enforcer, and you're from one era, he's from another era, but so many things are still the same in, in the approach and the way you go about it. Yeah, you know, it's fascinating that because every shift I had on the ice, and this was back, you know, 10 years ago or, or more, 15 years ago now, you know, I had to have the system in place. So I, where I had to be defensively, offensively, or in the neutral zone, I had if the puck was coming, I had to be responsible to make a play with the puck offensively. And then I had to be half my brain wondering, okay, where's the guy who wants to fight me? And, you know, does he want to fight me now or 10 seconds from now or 10 minutes from now? or So for him, you know, a much more um, – what a great approach for him to be able to say, you know, uh, if 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 it happens, it happens. But it's not really in the front part of his brain. Where it was in the front part of my brain all the time. It was almost like a block from playing hockey. Like so, the day before, uh, two days before, right? The day before, you know, in warm up. I mean, it was all played out. And then you know, you're always wondering. The, the worst part was when is it going to happen? Like when are we going to do this? And um, for him, it sounds like it's it's an afterthought, which is great, great way to be. That's what we all wanted to evolve to be was. Um, an afterthought of our of of our game. Well, the Blue Jackets have a big week coming up here. Um, Nashville's in tomorrow, as we talked with Matthew about. Pittsburgh's coming in here on Saturday, and then the Blue Jackets go to New York on Sunday. Let's just uh, take those in order. The Nashville Predators started the year in Prague against the San Jose Sharks, where they got a win, but they haven't won since they came back. They lost last night in a shootout to the LA Kings. And, and it's tough. And the Blue Jackets are going to go through this. They're going to go through the travel part of it mm-hmm. coming up in a couple of weeks when we go over to Finland and then come back. Um, you know, sometimes it takes teams a period of time to readjust. 
But Nashville's going to come in here a hungry team tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're a team that has very high expectations. And, you know, they're a team that's added with McDonough on the blue line, some good size back there. They've got good size up front. Um, I don't know if you've seen the series the NHL's put out with, you know, behind-the-scenes footage of the travel and how their team is built. You know, they want to be physical. David Poyle, their GM, it's time to win a Stanley Cup. They're, they're pushing in. And so a little bit of a hiccup, probably to be expected after that. You know, they went to Switzerland and, and played against some club teams over there, some professional teams. Then they went in and played two regular season games well before the season started. Uh, what was that, a week ago? The season started for the rest of the league. Uh, got their two wins and came home, and then, you know, you feel so good about yourself, but then you have to adjust and get back into kind of this urgent game. So I would expect this to be um, a heavy, we'll call it heavy, a weighty game. You know, they're going to throw their weight around and try to be uh, impose their will on the Blue Jackets, and I think uh, another great night at Nationwide Arena. It's always fun to have the Predators in. Remember we couldn't beat them forever, forever at Nationwide Arena, and I was part of that where, just those yellow jerseys, man. It was like Barry Trotz and that team just always got it done. So it uh, should set up for a good night there. And then, of course, you have the Pittsburgh Penguins in town on the first of a back-to-back, Pittsburgh and New York. And you know, Pittsburgh started well. And I, and I say that with a little bit of surprise in my voice, but why? You know, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, um, their entire se- uh, careers there. Gensel, they've got some good pieces that seem to be clicking. And then... Uh, the Rangers in New York, a top team in the league with arguably the best goalie right now in Shesterkin. So uh, it's it's a great week. And when you look at the schedule 24 hours ago, it's daunting. But after the way they played in the third period last night in the second period, you kind of got that feeling like, okay, you know, and, and talking to Olivier, uh, you sense that they have it too uh, with with what they did last night. So a sense of accomplishment gives you – or accomplishment gives you confidence, and I, I, that's important for the start of this week. I was hoping that maybe the Rangers had a game just before the Blue Jackets game, but that's not it. They have two days off prior to that game, so that's not going to help. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, well, you mentioned Shesterkin. I was like, oh, please let this be oh, a back-to-back. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, please yeah. Let, no, it's not going to be a back-to-back. So you're going to have to face him. The, for the Blue Jackets, it will be a back-to-back uh, with Pittsburgh and the New York Rangers. But, um, yeah, it's, it's early, and – you know, there are some surprises, but uh, then again, like you say with Pittsburgh, you're a little bit surprised, but they've come out and they've played like they have uh, in the past, what, 15 years. Um, and the Rangers, Gerard Gallant has that team playing really well. The, the goalie is the backbone of it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he's they they really grew a lot after that playoff run last year, didn't they? Oh, they did. Uh, you know, and their, their mixture of size, speed, and skill with the goaltending – uh, has given them a lot of confidence. You know, they've got enough grit on the back end. They've got some grit up front. Um, yeah, and going that far in the playoffs unexpectedly uh, raises the bar. And, and, you know, I think they're ahead of where they, they thought they would be. They didn't think they'd be there last year. Uh, even trying to make acquisitions at the trade deadline, they thought they were a couple years away from that. But it got expedited from growth within, and, and they're in a good spot. And I, I can see the Blue Jackets eyeing that organization saying, you know, we have our Panarin in, in uh, Johnny Goodrow. We have our Patrick Laine, the shooter. A couple more centermen and, and some growth from within. You're looking at this could be quicker than, you know, three or four years. It could be this team could make some noise. So hopefully that's the way it goes. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, when you talk about defense, 
Um, maybe you don't have the exact mix right now, but this mix is going to get better, and then you have all those guys you just drafted in the last couple of years that are going to be coming in here, and they're going to be pushing. We saw David Juracek do it. Yeah, and in, you're going to see camp. that guy this year. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. He plays with that bite to his game, and, and you watch Blankenberg do it last night, and you say, hey, maybe there is a spot here. So all those things are moving parts, and, and it'll be – it's interesting to see the other teams and what their plan is and where they're actually at. And that's one really enjoyable part of our job is to see, you know, the matchup with these teams, with a team that we watch every day and, and watch them closely. One other bit of news this week, uh, the league announcing the salary cap may go up more than they anticipated next year, which is music to the ears of the New York Rangers yeah. and the Pittsburgh Penguins and the L.A. Kings and, and uh, the big market teams, although the Blue Jackets are a cap team. Mm-hmm. But um, the league seems to have rebounded more quickly than they thought that they would and that uh, a lot of people thought they would coming out of the pandemic. You know what? It's incredible. And I I look at what happened there for the past three years, and you cannot give enough credit to the the National Hockey League and how they approached it and how they committed, the players committed, uh, to playing the games, finishing the season, uh, sticking with their game plan, and getting through it. And, you know, they increased sponsorship. They've uh, got – Ads on jerseys now. Uh, they've got ads on helmet, on helmets, and and for us it's Safe Light on the jersey, and Bread Financial on the helmet here. And and you know these are good things, and this is helping grow the league. Then you have the dashboards. You've seen the digital dashboards with the league, and they're creating revenue from two national broadcasts, ESPN. You know, last night Gavrikov's goal was number one on. Uh, the Sports Center top ten highlights of the night. Those things are happening because of those affiliations. TNT's done some great things. Uh, so to grow the game at that time is such a it's just a tremendous thing that they've done. And, and um, exciting for the players that escrow might be over because uh, that's been going on a long time. Where you pay a percentage of your paycheck goes to revenue lost or not met at expectations. And um, for that to be done would be huge for the players, and it's just amazing to see the health of the league that they could increase the uh, salary cap by, it seems, up to $4 million, Gary Bettman just said yesterday, which gives teams a little bit of breathing room. You know, Blue Jackets lost a great player in Oliver Bjorkstrand once they signed Johnny Goodrow, and that had to be because they were tucked up next to the cap, and, and that's unfortunate. Um, but hopefully that with a little bit of room and a little bit of growth of the league, uh, things like that don't happen. Those are, that's a big, uh, you know, that's Oliver Bjorkstrand. That wasn't a day-to-day. He was a part of the long-term plan here. And unfortunately with his salary, he had to be a casualty. And um, hopefully that those things don't happen. You mentioned the escrow. Uh, just to put that to, you know, Joe regular fan. Yeah. Here, here's what it is. Let's say you're getting a contract for a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Right off the top, you're not getting a million dollars a year because such a percentage is committed. 13% on average right. is gone back to the league. And that's because the league had 51.4%, I think it was, of revenue or a little over 50. And the players during our negotiations, we wanted 50%. And the league said, okay, but you have to cover uh, any loss in revenue. And the players agreed to it, thinking that the league would be grown exponentially from that point. I think that was 04. And then from there, oh, and that might have been 13. From there, it's been, you know, the revenue has been lost. So it's been as low. I've seen it as low as 6%, but I've heard it be as high as 20% of points during the. That's 20% of your million. 
before taxes has gone back to the league for their revenue, which is the deal they, that we agreed upon. Right. So that's why. And the, it hurts. That's why the players <laughs> will be thrilled, right? Yeah. If that disappears. Especially but, if that number's $10 million. <laughs> But it's all relative, right? right? But the bottom line is the league is healthy. The league is making money. Yeah. And that that's the most important thing. And it's uh, it's great to see them rebound as, as yeah. quickly as they have. It's really incredible. And it, uh, good on the players, good on the league. And, and um, great for us. I mean, every individual market has their own. Look at Toronto. I mean, it's, it's well documented how tight they are to the cap with three or four of their players making – you know, over 40% of their salaries. The goalie their, goes down, and they're able to bring two guys up. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so, you know, they, these are good things for the game. Yeah. So that is, uh, that's great. And what's going to be great is the Blue Jackets playing these two games uh, at home to wrap up this three-game homestand, and that's tomorrow night against the Nashville Predators, 7 o'clock face-off, and then Pittsburgh will be here on Friday night. The puck will drop at 7 o'clock for that one as well. If you don't have your tickets, you can get them by going to bluejackets.com. And, of course, you'll be able to watch Jody on Valley Sports Ohio. Listen to me right here on The Fan and on the Blue Jackets Radio Network. Our pregame shows start at 6.30 each night. Thanks to Matthew Olivier for joining us on this edition of the Inside Edge. That's going to do it. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long here on 97.1 The Fan.